Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stevens, and I feel like I say this all the time now, but we sure do have a lot to talk about. New Smyrna Speedway back in action for their regular season this weekend and plenty to dissect from that event. Plus, we have plenty to talk about as far as NASCAR goes and their event over at Phoenix and the fallout from that event over at Phoenix. I'm not going to lie, I'm recording this show a day later than I normally do because I wanted to see if we were going to get any of that fallout instead of recording too early and then <clears throat> not getting to talk about it. So um, we do have all of that to discuss from Phoenix. Plus, uh, third segment of the show, we do have our first around the state in quite a while. A lot of tracks in action, all kinds of stuff going on this past weekend. So we'll touch on that. Plus, we have updated power rankings for Florida State and NASCAR. And to wrap it all up, we'll have our quick NASCAR fantasy segment at the end of the show. And, uh, you know... Um, the last couple of weeks I'd been thinking, man, I'm not good at this fantasy stuff. Nobody's going to listen to the end of the show for my fantasy advice, but, uh, I, th- I think I've redeemed myself last week. So, um, <clears throat> a couple of things to take care of before we get into it again. Thank you to all of our sponsors here at the racing with Ryan podcast. Um, we do have a new one that has come on board here this week, and I'm pretty excited about this one. Um, our good friend, Mr. Ken Copley is back and, uh, he uh, he's going to be sponsoring the EMOD segments of all of our podcasts. So um, he wanted to uh, to jump back on board. And uh, Polly and Ken would like to remind you: be kind, because you can't rewind. So I appreciate Ken Copley and, uh, and everything he does. You know, he had a tough night, uh, not the way he wanted to start his season. So we'll get into that. But thanks, Ken, for coming back on board and supporting the show along with our other sponsors. Uh, including American Auto, DeBerry Paint and Body, uh, Schultz Racing Fuel Cells, and SRQ Taxes, of course. Um, I, and, and, of course, can't forget, I almost did, but can't forget Ronda Alessandro, 124 Welding and Fab. Um, you guys support the show monetarily, and I know you all listen, and I thank you guys for the continued support. Uh, the last bit of business to get taken care of is we are looking for a co-host. Um, if anyone is interested in some in-studio work, um, if anyone wants to talk racing, uh, whether it be New Smyrna or Florida-centered, uh, um, I'd be happy to have you on board. So we are looking for a new co-host to the show. Um, so let's go ahead and get into all the stuff we have to talk about. I'm going to try to make this episode a little more consumable for you guys. I know it's it's still going to run a little bit long, but um, <clears throat> let's go ahead and start over at the New Smyrna Speedway. Of course, that's where I was this past weekend. Always glad to be back on the mic for our weekly program over at New Smyrna. You know, um, I know we had an epic red eye this year, and uh, the, the pits were jam-packed for World Series, and we had four divisions in action. So, Obviously, right off the bat, you know it's not going to be packed, but the vibe down there was good. Just walking around with Peyton and talking to everybody, everybody seemed to be in a good mood. And I don't know if you chalk that up to, well, it's the start of a new season, so nobody has, you know, a whole lot to be upset about. But there was a lot of changes this off season. So, um, but again, no, just walking around, good vibes, just people 
happy to be back at the racetrack. It helps that it's not a thousand degrees yet. That you know that might play a big factor in it. But um, all in all, before I get into the meat and potatoes of the recap here, um, pretty good turnout, all things considered. Uh, you know, some areas were uh, you know left more to be desired, but um, I was pretty happy with our turnout for the prolates. Um, and this was with a lot of the traveling teams elsewhere. So this was pretty much all of the locals. Um, I, I, I know we're missing a couple guys, you know, Jeff Johnston wasn't there. Uh, Blake Suddy wasn't able to make it back. So, um, man, we could have had 14, 15 cars instead of 13, but, um, I'll, I'll take it, you know, this, this new six pack format, it's not all going to come together all at once. So I was very encouraged by this, um, Turnout there was good. Bomber turnout was pretty good. They didn't double down, but still with the with the new rules and a lot of people um, either sitting out or moving to Bomber Bs, I'm still very impressed with it. E-mods left some to be desired. Six or two mods were exactly, uh, I believe, what everybody expected. So no real reason to be disappointed on car count. Um, the night was pretty smooth for the most part. There was no real, there was no real hiccups that held up the show too badly. Um, a few instances of oil on the track. Of course, when you have a half-mile track and you get oil all the, all the way around, um, that is going to delay things. There were a, a couple of red flags, but nothing that was like, oh, my God, you know, nothing red-eye rev, uh, level. So um, <clears throat> let's start with the Prolate models. Really interesting race for the first third. Um, the first 33 laps of this were where all the action was. Um, it started with a Bill Shea spin and then... Uh, on the restart, um, it was actually pretty interesting to see Jonathan Knee and Brad May battle for the lead. Jonathan, a new driver to the racetrack, driving for uh, Jamie Skinner and RCS, and took the lead from Brad May for a little while. Brad May battled him back. Those two had a heated battle until we had our first of two major incidents on the night. Um, fast qualifier TJ DeCare was working his way up from the field after a six-car invert set him back a little ways. He was battling with second fast qualifier, Ruben Caceres. And TJ was a bit aggressive. And if you've seen the highlights or you watched the race on Speedway video, um, you'll hear me say, you know, TJ is aggressive, but it's a little early in the race to be doing that kind of stuff. And I think that was like a lap before it all went haywire. He was very aggressive with Ruben and Ruben didn't really take a liking to it. And uh, they went down into turn number two and, Ruben got into TJ, turned TJ around. Unfortunately, TJ came down in front of Ruben. I thought Ruben was going to ramp over the top of him for a moment there, but they they hooked fenders, and then with the tires going down on TJ's car, it shot back up to the outside wall and just took him out of the race. So the, the fast qualifier actually ended up 10th on the field, unfortunately. Um, so that was, again, the first major incident. Ruben uh, Caceres was able to continue, but he was given a two-lap penalty, not a one-lap penalty as initially called. Um, race control did go back and, and correct that and made it a two-lap penalty. And um, <clears throat> it, it was for avoidable contact. It's it's hard to... I, I hate being like, oh, he did that on purpose. But it was for avoidable contact. And I think that's the best way to sum that up. Um, another Bill Shea spin brought out another caution. And then this is where the choose zone got interesting again I, the the chew zone rule and the 24 second breakout rule are going to keep things interesting all season long and i'm i'm a fan of it i know some people aren't because it you know 
yeah, quote unquote, screw somebody. But again, you got to play by, everybody plays by the same rules. If Brad May runs it over, Brad May goes to the back. If Mike Amato runs it over, Mike Amato goes to the back. Everybody plays by the same rules. And um, unfortunately, Jonathan Knee got caught by the chew zone and he got sent to the back. When we got restarted, Bill Shea spun the tires as he got on the gas and came down the racetrack and took out Jonathan Knee, turned him, you know, hooked him into the outside wall, ending his day. And there was a lot of controversy about, well, the yellow lights came on, so it caused everybody to check up. The yellow light did flash for a moment. As Tyler went to hit the green, the yellow was accidentally nudged. I mean, human error is a thing. Drivers make plenty of human errors. Officials make human errors. I make human errors. It is part of the deal, but going back and looking, you see, I mean, Bill Shea's out of shape. The inside line, you can argue, maybe checks up a bit, but that had nothing to do with Bill Shea going around. He got on the gas. That car was loose, out of control. Two spins before that, you know, if Bill had had, had a perfect handling a race car and then that happened, maybe you question things. But um, I honestly believe Bill, not on purpose, of course, just trying to get the hang of this Pro Late model deal and spun the tires and collected Jonathan Knee. If Jonathan wasn't there, Bill Shea spins out, and maybe this time he does hit the wall. So it's very unfortunate that uh, TJ DeCare taken out, Jonathan Knee taken out, Randy Anderson under caution. His car has problems, so he's out. So we we ran the last 66, 67 laps with five cars, and it was not the most entertaining thing. And, and I'm not sitting here and saying, you know, it was boring. Um, but it just, the field thinned out too quickly, and we are left with... Um, <clears throat> two decent cars, Brad May, of course, and Colby Clements. Colby didn't have much for Brad on the long run. And then a couple of guys that were a couple laps off the pace. Ruben Caceres needed like two more laps to get back on the podium after getting the two-lap penalty. But it, it just, it, it was an unfortunate beginning to that race with the Rex. Um, a lot of crazy stuff early instead of a lot of crazy stuff late. It thinned out the field, and Brad May took home the win. And... um I have a suggestion. I love this idea of the six-pack series, but I think for better competition and a better race for the fans, now, not changing it. This year, is, this year it is what it is. And we'll do 100 laps, and we'll hope that the, the car count grows and or, or we can at least get these cars to go 100 laps. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> but my suggestion for next year going forward, something to think about maybe, would be for the weekly shows the ones that are run during the regular season, make those 75 laps and still pay a 100-lap payout. Who cares? Laps to payout. I don't understand why laps to payout has to be, you know, a set ratio. Just let them, just let them race and, and give them something. You know what I mean? It might make for a better show for the fans. Maybe you trim 25 laps and, um, you know, we're not sitting there with Brad May, you know, driving with one arm and storming away from the field. Um, not to say that that's going to happen all the time, but I, I think that may, you know, you keep the, the, the race during the world series as a hundred and you keep the, the prelude, the governor's cup weekend, you keep those races to a hundred, but make the weekly show 75, like the modified races. And I think that might work out better, but that's my only suggestion from this week. So again, Brad may gets the win here to start the season. Well, to start his season, he did not run the heart-to-heart, so that'll mix things up a little bit. Uh, Colby Clements, second. Kenny Kreitz makes his return to racing and finishes P3. 
Ruben Caceres battles back for fourth. And old Stephen Reddit hangs on and gets a nice top five finish for his troubles tonight. Randy Anderson, the first card of DNF in sixth, followed by Bill Shea, Jonathan Knee, Philip Bissett in ninth, TJ DeCare rounding out the top ten, Mike uh, Miclier and Mike Amato rounding out the field, Patrick Thomas with a DNS, Brad May with two cars out there, and the second of which did not start the race. Scrolling down to the Central Florida Air Conditioning and Heating E-Mods, Again, sponsored this year by our good friend, Mr. Ken Copley, driver of the number seven car. And he reminds you, he and his wife, Polly, remind you to be kind because you can't rewind. And we thank them for sponsoring the segment. And we hope to see Ken back out for the next race. Um, I did not see too much of practice, um, but when I came back out from, I think I was doing the show with Kenny, um, I heard that Ken Copley got up in the wall and was forced to retire before the start of the show. So, um, this won't hurt him too bad, I don't think. He still gets a point for showing up. And, um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of cars, so championship hopes may be dashed, but I think he can still be in the running for the top five. I'm sure he'll be back. Um, he and his buddy John did not have good nights, but sometimes that's just the way it goes. Um, so not a lot of cars in this one. Dylan LeBeau won the heat race. and looked like he was going to be the dominant factor. I believe ball joint issues, if I remember correctly, during the race uh, caused the suspension to basically fail, and Dylan did not have the speed that he had in the heat race. And this meant Curtis Robinson would come out and dominate the feature and pick up his first career New Smyrna Speedway victory of any kind. So obviously his first EMOD win too. So Curtis Robinson, the Blue 17, your EMOD winner, and just you know dedicated it to his dad in victory lane. And just uh, just a cool scene. You know, if you're not going to have a lot of cars, at least you get a cool story out of it. So Curtis Robinson, the winner here. Dylan LeBeau takes home second. Greg Dame, a good run in third. That's the best he has looked. Mark Blake finished fourth and then immediately proceeded to blow the motor in turn one after the checkered flag. So that was tough. Art Koonsman fifth. He had clutch issues and did not uh, complete many laps. And then John Compagnon with a DNS and Ken Copley. Unfortunately, DNS with the practice incident. Uh, before we move into the Bomber A event, because there's plenty to talk about there, um, just thinking about bombers in general, um, I want to give my buddy Frank, Frank the Tank, Frank Button, a shout out. His father passed away earlier today, and I uh, just wanted to, uh, you know, Frank got his start in the Bomber division. We named the Button Lane the Inside Slow Lane after Frank from his debut. And he's always been a good sport about that. And um, he he called me earlier, and uh, he unfortunately let me know that uh, his father passed. There's there's just been there's been a lot of heavy hearts lately, and uh, now someone that I'm pretty close with experiencing it too. And Frank, I just wanted to uh, give you a shout out here on the podcast, and 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 I know you're strong. You'll power through. Uh, this is just an unfortunate thing that most people are going to have to deal with in their lives. And I'm sorry you're going through it now, buddy. Um, you know, Frank fresh off his first career victory, looking forward to this weekend, but might have to put his next race on hold as he deals with family matters. But Frank, um, you're, you're, you're a good dude and we're thinking about you. And of course, if you need anything, you know, we got your back. So if you see Frank this weekend, if he does make it to the racetrack, um, give him, you know, just give him your love and support. That's, that's the best thing you can do to help somebody get through this. Just be there for them and, uh, just keep Frank, and Frank's family too, with Holly and the kids and all those guys. 
just keep them in your thoughts. Hard times. And um, a lot of people have been dealing with that kind of stuff lately. And speaking of that, the winner of the Bomberay race was racing with a heavy heart too. So, um, you know, just just know that the next day is not guaranteed and, and live your best life and, and treat people as Ken say, just be kind, man. Just be kind to people because you never know if it's the last time you'll ever see them or if it's the last day they're going to be here. So, um, Frank, uh, stay strong, my friend, and we'll see you around. We'll see you at the racetrack and hopefully back in the race car in victory lane. So with the Bomber A's, uh, not to bring the show down because this was an exciting race, but uh, thinking about the Bombers just made me think about that and want to give them a shout-out. So um, Bomber A's, again, 19 – no, I'm sorry, 17 cars in attendance, good turnout, brand-new 24-second breakout rule. So that means if, if a car turns a lap under 24 seconds, they get penalized. And we did see that in the features. Now, I do want to let everybody know that, yes, race monitor was not working. But, yes, the cars were timed. And, yes, it was done to protocol. And, no, your time down in the pits does not matter. If you clock somebody at, you know, 24.2 seconds and the track says it is 23.9, it's 23.9. If you clock somebody at 23.7 and the track clocks them at 24.001, it's 24.001. And at the end of the day, what the officials say go. So, you know, I had a lot of, a lot, of, in, in, and you, you folks that, that were timing and stuff, you had every right and you had a lot of ground to stand on as far as doing your own timing because the uh, live timing and scoring was not able at the moment to be provided there was a couple of different events that occurred between the world series and um in our season opener and i'll be honest with you when i when i got to the racetrack on saturday i went to plug in or i went to turn everything on my microphone was unplugged i, I was i've been so scared to unplug that microphone because it's like the only thing that works decently um or well it doesn't work decently on the track sometimes but you know what i mean and it was unplugged because Kyle Petty had it to do the, the Billy Lane event. And uh, I had to replug everything. I had to dial in the settings again. And some things got moved around, including the cord that talks, that, that the communication cord that runs the scoreboard that, ta- that connects from the computer to the scoring box. Uh, they sent Justin, who was up there helping score, on a wild goose chase to get one done during the heat or to, to go find one during the heats. Couldn't find one. And we found it in a pile of cords that was not where it's supposed to be. We finally got it up and running, so I apologize that it was not available to you. That's why I posted, I was given times after the feature event, uh, but not for the heats. But the heats were being timed. And um, I just wanted to let everybody know that, yes, there were some hiccups, and, oh, well, you guys should be prepared. Here's the thing, man, the scores... They get there, they go do registration, and then they have about 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes to get from, because registration stops at 6.30. We try to qualify at 6.30. It did not have a lot of time to get up here and get set up. And when things are not where they're supposed to be after being put where they're supposed to be, um, it causes some confusion. And there's uh, there's what happened. And you guys know I'm going to be candid and honest with you. And I'm not throwing any anybody out of the bus. I, I just know when there are other people that come in, other groups of people that come in, um, as they put stuff away and, and try to be courteous, 
things get mixed up. So that's what happened. Um, they got it all up and running, and it was running properly, and we'll make sure that next time that it's uh, available like it should be on Race Monitor for you folks. So um, the good news is nobody broke out in the heats, and the drivers that broke out in the main event, it just made the race more fun, man. Like, no offense to Eddie and, and CJ and Dustin, those guys breaking out, racing for the lead. I mean, that's what this rule is going to do. It's going to force you right to the edge, and it's going to force you over the edge when when those guys catch you and pressure you. Um, it's going to make you drive a little bit harder, and you're going to step over the edge, and you're going to go to the back of the field, and it's going to be so much fun to watch. For, and and I, this is my take and my perspective. Maybe it's not as much fun to race anymore, um, and if that's the way you feel about it, um, there's like 11 or 12 other divisions that you can take up and not have to worry about this rule. But for me, in my position, to listen to the times and to have somebody break out and the race change on a dime, it's entertaining to me. And, and it, it, it helps me tell a story. I think it helps me engage with the fans a little bit more because um, if somebody's just out there dominating the race – you're wondering, oh man, if they break out, the whole complexion of this race changes. I mean, for a minute, it looked like Larry Masters was going to win this race. Then it looked like Brandon Monroe was going to win this race. And then here comes Dustin Higdon storming through the field. And um, it was a it was a good finish. It was a hold-your-breath finish because it was close, and then you had to wonder, did anybody break out? Because if you break out on the last lap, I believe the protocol is you are then the last car on the lead lap, and if multiple people break out, then, you know... Uh, the, the first person in the line will finish ahead of the person behind him, blah, blah, blah. But it just, it made for an interesting race and it kept things close. And I think uh, overall for the health of the division, I think it's a good thing. I know that some people aren't a fan of it, but, um, you know, when rules change, there's always proponents and there's always people that are opposed and it's, it's okay. We had a good feel. We had a good race. It was a lot of fun. Uh, big wreck in this one. Uh, Tim Chesney, um, if you listen to my call, I said he, you know, went around. I didn't see the initial contact. I was watching elsewhere, and I just saw him backwards. It's it's pretty clear that he did get a tap from Bruce Gaten. Um, not going to comment on the intention, uh, the intentions of said tap, but um, there are plenty of rumors going around on Facebook about the intentions, and that's not my position. I didn't see it live. I just saw Chesney backwards coming up the track and collecting Daniel Snyder. So that was the unfortunate incident in the race and that's what uh mixed things up and kept it interesting so definitely a wild one dustin higdon though getting it done once again he's still on top of the bomber race. he wins over brandon monroe eddie evans cj creech brian or bruce gaten i'm sorry your top five followed by larry masters aaron foy barry aker a rookie in eighth lindsey samian in ninth and tenth for caleb jones uh, Nick Abatsis, Greg Pass, Jim Chesney, Dan Snyder, Vincent Cortez, Joe Sunday, Uniel Diaz, rounding out your field. And the final event of the night was the 602 Modifieds. Not too much to write home about, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in this event, but a pretty good race between Tom Toronto and Christopher Hatton. A couple of wild moments as they dealt with lap traffic. Um, good, clean race. Uh, nothing crazy. I think the craziest part of this one was the atmosphere as the fog started rolling out. The fog built off the pond behind the parking lot, believe it or not. And it was blown over the racetrack. And the grandstands were up high enough to where the fog would split the grandstands and it would just kind of peek around. And it's just kind of a, a spooky atmosphere there to end the night. It's kind of cool. Uh, Tom got some good video footage of it. Um, buddy of mine 
Steven took some cool photos and I was worried like, man, this drive home is not going to be very fun with all this fog. But the minute you got out of the parking lot, the fog was gone because it was literally coming in off the pond um, behind the parking lot. So pretty cool stuff. But uh, Tom Toronto gets the win in the 602s. Christopher Hatton second. Bud McIntyre third. Tony Pereira fourth. John Hatton running out the top five. Dustin Hatton, Kurt Hatton, and Chris Hatton. Your field for the 602. So like I said, all in all, a good night. Um, you know, maybe on paper, you, you'll think, well, you know, that wasn't that great. But um, when, when you look forward on the schedule, you almost look at this one and go, man, this this is what we have for opening day. But I, I really appreciate the drivers that showed up. And I think everybody made the most of this. A um, couple of things to iron out, of course, as there's always going to be. You know, these weekly shows are so different from Red Eye so different from the world, I mean, night and day different from the World Series. So I hope everybody understands that. There will always be a hiccup or two <clears throat> on opening night, and we discussed that. I hope you guys have an understanding of the things that went on and, and, and know that, uh, you know, now we're back in control of our track. It'll be our track for the next uh, several months as we race pretty much every week through uh, through October. A couple off weekends this year, which I think will be good. Um, so some time to work on the car, some time to spend with family, do some other things. Um, I know I got lucky with one of the breaks. My sister's getting married here in a couple of weeks. Um, and, uh, we have Easter weekend off. Um, so that means I'll get to go up there. Not going to miss a race and, uh, I'll be back in time to, uh, to see the next one. So I, I think that those off weekends are going to work for People in various situations, whether it be you need a week to work on your car or you just need a week to spend with family, I hope you take full advantage of them. Or if you're like me, you'll probably end up taking your kids and going to a different racetrack. But um, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season. I know, as always, there's some things to iron out. We'll work on that and uh, just appreciate everybody's support. Um, It's real easy to go find something else to do on the weekends. And the fact that people want to go spend all this money to go racing. I I just, I really appreciate having uh, people to watch put on a show. So thank you all for a pretty good season opener and uh, making the event as fun as possible for me. I really appreciate it. Give me a lot to talk about here on the show. And we still have uh, plenty more to talk about. Um, Before we go to the next segment and take our first commercial break, uh, coming up on Saturday, it is the return of family fun night. $5 $5 general admission featuring the Dom, the, the George Dom Memorial 21 for the Bomber Bees. Uh, we have spectator racing. We have the sportsmen. We have the pro trucks. Ashley Holmes Jacks is back uh, sponsoring the pro trucks. The enhanced purse returns for another season, um, which we're very, very happy about. Um, what else do we have? Super stocks and ground pounders. So five great divisions plus spectator racing, an autograph session. It's really going to be a fun night. Um, as long as Mother Nature um, lets us race. I, I hate to bring it up on the pod, but I, everybody's been looking at the weather. and um, it, at, at the time of recording, it does not look too good. But, man, I've seen the forecast tra- change drastically. It looks like it's one of those fronts that's coming through, probably one of the last ones of the year. So my hope is that maybe it stalls and doesn't come through till Sunday and we can race. But uh, if not, it is what it is. Um, we're off the next weekend due to the Dixie Shootout Series quarter midget event, which I'll be at. Um, then we have the Mod Mini Six Pack Series race, Bomber A40, 
and then another off weekend, and then we'll keep rolling. So that's what's coming up at New Smyrna. Um, we'll take a quick commercial break here, and we'll talk about everything. I honestly think the fallout from Phoenix was more entertaining than the Phoenix race, so stay tuned for that recap next. Hey, everybody. I want to take a quick moment here and thank some of our great sponsors with the Racing with Ryan podcast, including one of our first, American Auto. They are located at 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna Beach. You can get a hold of them at 386-428-1941 for tires and service. They've got you covered 100% of the time for fast, dependable service. You can always count on American Auto. We also thank 124 Welding and Fabrication with Ron D'Alessandro and his company for coming on board and supporting the show here. Uh, make sure you check out their Etsy store. Uh, go to Etsy.com and search 124 Welding and Fab. That'll come right up. You can see some of the great items that Ron has for sale. And of course, you can reach out to them if you want uh, some custom work done. They do all kinds of stuff. Welding and fabrication, obviously, but uh, great decorations and metalworking available for sale as well. At 124 Welding and Fabrication, check out the Etsy store. We also thank our good friends at Schultz Engineered Products and Schultz Racing Fuel Cells, one of our major sponsors here on the show. Um, they do... I mean, just high quality work. If you want the best in safety, you get the best with Schultz. Um, they have been hiring. If you're looking for a good place to work, I know a number of people now working over there. Um, get with get with Rob at uh, 732-922-4334 and uh, see what they're looking for. See what's available. If you like a great work environment and uh, get to work with some really cool things. If you like racing, and um, you like hands-on work, this is definitely the place for you. And of course, make sure you get your Schultz Racing Fuel Cells. That way, in the case of an emergency, you know you're protected by the best. But check them out on the web, Schultz Racing Fuel Cells and Schultz Products. Also, we welcome our good friends at DeBerry Paint and Body for coming on board, one of our new major sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Once you get your service done at American Auto, you know, if you're involved in an incident, you need some body work done, make sure you take it to DeBerry Paint and Body. That's the only place I trust with my vehicle, so make sure you take them there. You can call them at 386-320-0267. They are located at 400 Chairman Court, Suite 200 in DeBerry, Florida, 32713. And they are open uh, Monday through Friday, 9 to 6, and Saturdays before race day, from 10 to 1. So make sure you get with them if you need any body work. Hey, if your car's looking a little dull in the Florida sun, they got you covered as well. That is DeBerry Paint and Body. We thank them for coming on board. And we welcome a brand new sponsor for tax season here at the Racing with Ryan podcast. Got to make sure you get those taxes done. And you want to make sure it's done by somebody who's going to do you right. We welcome SRQ Taxes. That is, of course, our good friend Steve Darling. Uh, they are a family-owned tax practice with offices located in Sarasota, Florida, but they can assist with taxes anywhere via their secure portal. Uh, you can give them a call at 941-840-1099, 941-840-1099, or for more information, you can visit srqtaxes.com. And again, if uh, somebody's going to be handling my money, I want to make sure it's it's somebody that I know and trust, and I know that Steve will take good care of you. So SRQ Taxes, thank you for coming on board and uh, being the official tax partner 
of the Racing with Ryan podcast. And hey, with all these sponsorships, yeah, we're going to need some taxes too. Uh, we also thank our good buddy, Andy Morrison, with Never Give Up Racing, a huge supporter of Florida Short Track Racing. He has some great picture frames that are available. Uh, he gave some of those out during the banquet back a couple of weeks ago, and he sent me some information on the Never Give Up Racing light-up picture frames. If you would like to get one, you can call Andy or text Andy at 407-675-1769. They are $35 a piece. They'll make a great addition to any man cave or even living room. So make sure you check those out. I know he's got hats and t-shirts available all the time as well, and he will be doing a lot to support, uh, especially Bomber A and B Racing at New Smyrna, but Short Track Racing as a whole, this coming season. Again, if you'd like to come on board, there's always opportunity, just $5 an episode. You name what you want to do and we'll get it on the show. And we appreciate everybody for their support, past or present. And now we'll let you get back to the show. All right, welcome back to the show. We're going to talk about the NASCAR event over at the Phoenix Raceway, which, uh, you know, new new package excuse me, uh, new arrow package for the short tracks. And I, I was thinking that we'd get a few more incidents, a little bit better racing. I don't know if we've got it figured out yet. And I also don't know if Phoenix is the right tra- track to judge this new package on based on one event. So I, uh, on another show that I did earlier today, when asked about the package, I've Honestly, I have to hold my judgment on it until I see it at Martinsville, Bristol, Richmond. Get a little bit bigger sample size because I don't think this event was the best showcase. I don't think any package you come up with is going to be the best showcase at Phoenix. So um, I think Phoenix is just, it's so unique. It's different. It's going to be hard to run side by side there no matter what. So um, I don't think that this race... Well, it wasn't my favorite race. It wasn't that great. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen either. In the end, I mean, the end got interesting. So uh, first stage, pretty much clean and green. William Byron won the, his third stage in a row. Uh, stage two is where things, it was a little bit longer of a stage. And Kyle Larson got out in front and he dominated. And the only incident in stage two was Eric Almarola had a wheel break and come off, which they penalized him for, which I didn't think was too fair. If it, you know, I can understand you, lo- you you screw up in the pits, then you penalize the guy. But if the wheel just breaks, I mean, whose fault is that? You know, that's just like blowing a motor and spinning in your own oil. Um, it just sucks. So Eric Almarola crash is really the only thing to happen in stage two. Kyle Larson wins that. Um, then we go to stage three, and again, not much happening. And... Kyle Larson looks like he's going to run away with it. But if you'd been paying attention to most of the race, Kevin Harvick had a really good long run car. We just didn't really have enough long runs for it to get to the front with a handful of laps to go. Let me see if I can tell you exactly how many laps to go it was. Um, Kevin Harvick, yes, Harvick took the lead on lap 269 from Kyle Larson and proceeded to lead the next 36 laps on his way to victory. Harrison Burton spins out of like last place. That sets up a green-white checker. That sets up pit stops. For the second week in a row, it looked like somebody had the win in hand. So Larson at Vegas and then Harvick here at Phoenix. Pit stops happen, change the game. Harvick takes four. Everybody else, not everybody else, but six people in front of him, including Byron, 
Larson, uh, uh, and a host of others. Reddick actually took four. Uh, so Bunch took two. And the ones that were quick all day, the Hendrick cars, Byron and, um, and Larson, they ended up benefiting. Um, Larson got the initial jump. Then we had a wreck with the 42, the 16, and somebody else was caught up in it. Uh, might have been the 38 car. So we had a wreck. So we rack them and try it again. On this restart, um, they fan out. And then William Byron is able to hang to the outside of Larson. Larson runs him up. Blaney tries to dive low. Blaney can't make the bottom work. And William Byron is able to wrestle the lead away from the dominant car of the day, Kyle Larson. So two weeks in a row, Kyle Larson has had the lead on a green-white checker and has not been able to hang on to it. William Byron gets his second win in a row. And it looks like leaving Phoenix, it looks like William Byron's going to storm away, you know, with two wins and three stages that's 13 playoff points. He is sitting pretty. But if you had been paying attention to the race weekend, you would have known that uh, Hendrick Motorsports, all four cars, so the 24, the 5, the 48, and the 9, they all had their hood louvers confiscated before, or after practice. So it was discovered before practice. NASCAR said you can practice, but then you got you to hand over them parts. And NASCAR took the parts. They looked them over. And that is a reason why we're recording the show a day later than normal because we wanted to see if there's going to be any fallout. Now, the hood louvers, I do not honestly believe that it had any kind of performance uh, benefits or at least uh, noticeable performance benefits. Maybe it had some. I don't think you messed with something in, in unless you figured something out. But um, with the approved louvers in the cars getting through inspection, for race day, they finished first, fourth, uh, ninth and 10th. So all four cars in the top 10, including Josh Berry with his first ever top 10 filling in for chase. Um, Chevy's continue to dominate. That's, that's been the story of the season, but, um, so Hendrick leaves Phoenix just thinking, you know, Hey, we're having a great season. Alex Bowman's leading the points. And then NASCAR dropped the hammer today. Um, they penalized William Byron, Kyle Larson and Alex Bowman, 100 drivers points, they took 100 owner's points from all four teams. Now, Josh Berry, he doesn't, he's an Xfinity point driver, so you can't penalize him points because he doesn't earn points in the series. Uh, but the team lost 100 owner points, so this team is going to be way behind in the points. Um, basically, in must-win territory, I think. I don't, I don't know that Larson, uh, especially, uh, is going to be able to claw his way back up into the top. You probably got to be in the top eight to qualify on points. I think there's going to be 12 or 13 different winners before the, the playoffs start. So, uh, I man, maybe maybe it's too early to say Larson can't. He's been good this year. But um, I, I honestly think Larson wins a race, so it's not going to matter. Byron gets to keep his two wins. They are playoff-eligible wins. So he's he's locked in. He just he loses 10 playoff points too, as does Larson, as does Bowman. So uh, basically to make that up, you got to win two races or 10 stages. So... Hendrick Motorsports is going to be behind the eight ball when we start the the playoffs. They're going to have to win a bunch to make up for those playoff points because with the 100-point penalty, they're they're likely not going to make the top 10 in points, and if they do, it'll be towards the bottom of the top 10. They'll only get one or two playoff points for their troubles. Um, so this is a huge penalty, and it's early in the season. There could be other things that come up, and they could get penalized further. So this is big. 
Um, so William Byron now, instead of having 13 playoff points, only has three because he had 13 10-point penalties. He's got three. Um, it's almost like he's got no credit for the wins now and only the stages that he won are saving him. So um, this is big. I, I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, they'll still make the playoffs. But you think of all the points now that they'll be missing. I mean, Alex Bowman might still make the playoffs and have negative playoff points. That'll take points away from each round. I mean, that is unprecedented and really could shake things up. I mean, this season maybe hasn't been as thrilling as the start of last year. Um, and I don't think this season will be as good as last year. The more time we have to work on this car, the the worse the racing will get. Because uh, as I always say, what's better for the drivers is worse for the fans. The more downforce the teams and the drivers can figure out how to put into these cars, the worse the racing is going to get because we don't have as much horsepower as we used to have. Um, will, there, will there still be great moments? Bet You bet. I mean, they're always, that's what I've watched NASCAR through, all the changes and all the, the bad turns. Um, there's always the possibility of that wild moment that you don't want to miss. That's why I keep watching. Um, but I, I think the season's going to be more wide open. I, I don't think you're going to see now just somebody running away with it. So I think things will be close and every race will matter. And it'll be fun to watch and, and see how Hendrick rebounds now. Of course, they're going to appeal. This could all change, but it is what it is. Um, Justin Haley also penalized 100 points for the same issue with the Hoodlovers, and he's got negative like 40 points now, so he's in must-win territory. Denny Hamlin um, claimed or admitted to intentionally wrecking Ross Chastain at the end of the race, which was barely talked about on TV. I remember um, after the race was over, I went and did some other things, and I was looking over the results. I'm like, damn, Ross finished 23rd because that's my my favorite driver on the NASCAR app. He's he's after the the Hail Melon or whatever the hell you want to call it. He's, he's my favorite NASCAR driver now. And um, I was like, damn, he finished 23rd. That, that sucks. I thought he was up near, yeah, at least in the top 15, but it wasn't the case. He, Hamlin... On two tires was slipping backwards and decided to take Ross Chastain out of contention with him. And and you know, honestly, if if Hamlin hadn't got on his podcast and said anything, I don't I think it would have been swept under the rug. Well, all right, let's move to the next race. Those two are gonna keep getting into each other and it's gonna be fun for us to watch. But Hamlin got on his podcast, which is ironically called Actions Detrimental. Um, I'm not a Denny Hamlin fan, but I appreciate his view and and where he comes from with the racing and team ownership. I think he's got a, uh, uh, I, I think he's got a good way. He talks about some personal stuff, which I think every podcaster does. That's kind of annoying. Um, but when he is actually talking about ra- the race, like the actual racing on the track, he tells you like it is the ownership side of things, the things that, you know, are tough in NASCAR. He gives you a lot of good in-depth analysis. So the podcast is good, even though I don't like him. But, uh, yeah, he got on there and admitted that he intentionally took out Chastain and says, hey, I'm going to finish in the back and you're coming with me, was basically how he put it. And he was fined 25 points and a $50,000 fine. I'm okay with the money. You know, when you admit something stupid like that, I, I think that that gives you grounds for, you know, a fine or getting re- reprimanded. Because, look, I've been reprimanded for things that I've said before, too. But I think the points, I, th- I think that's that's a bad move. You know, he screwed himself out of just about as many points on the racetrack with his stupid decision. So um, I, th- I think the 25 points is a little bit much. Leave the fine, you know, 
If you're going to say boys have at it, you got to mean boys have at it. If you're going to police every bit of contact, you better police every bit of contact. You can't have it both ways. So um, that's my take on the major things that went down at Phoenix. Um, Congratulations to William Byron. Two wins in a row. And and again, the win is legit. And I I don't think there's any – you can't take it away from him. Uh, With the Hoover situation, all of that was rectified before qualifying and race day. So – um, you know, pretty cool that a guy I've spoken to many times at New Smyrna and Victory Lane is winning all these races now. It's just, it's pretty cool. Um, so I did score this race as I do with every NASCAR race. If you've been following along with the pod, you know how it goes. Um, I have five different categories and an overall average. So let me go ahead and give it to you here. I scored the racing overall a five. Again, this Phoenix just does not allow for much better than this, uh, or much worse. So it's right there in the middle. Excitement, I give it a six. Like the end, this race was throughout was pretty boring. The end picked it up. Um, I almost fell asleep a time or two, especially towards the end of the race. But that last caution coming out and the, the wild scramble, green-white checker, it was fun. So it boosted up to a six. Um, the finish is seven, again, for the same reasons. There's a lot going on there at the end. Lead changes, only 10, but on our new uh, short track scale, a 10 for lead changes gets you a 5. And the enjoyment, because William Byron won, and I did enjoy the scramble to the finish and everything that went along with that, and and Harvick actually making passes towards the end. So the end of this race got better, and I gave it a 6. So overall, this scores a 5.8, a dismal 5.8, same score that Las Vegas got. And that brings our overall season average to a 6.6. So definitely a downward trend from last year, but I'm not hitting the panic button yet. Um, still a lot of great events to come. I'm excited for Atlanta this weekend. You know, the 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 kind of uh, the, the small version of the super speedway package, not the plate tracks. Uh, we, we had that debate on the hot mic today. What do we call these, you know, these drafting style tracks. So we go with the super speedway package. It's like a mini super speedway at Atlanta. Now, um, don't know if it'll be that way forever as the track wears, it could get worse and worse as we go, but I think it'll still be an interesting race. Even if we see the packs break up a little bit, you're still going to have five, six, seven, maybe eight, nine, ten cars together in cautions at the end. It'll be like watching Daytona back in the, uh, late nineties when you get a pack that would break away. And then at the end, everything would get crazy. So, I think it'll be a very fun weekend. It's uh, 400 miles this year versus 500 miles. I, I don't like cutting the races down, but I think um, for Atlanta, it's fine to go 400 miles because um, they're they're just going to wreck anyways towards the end. So let's cut out 100 miles and get to the end a little bit quicker, I guess. And um, we'll see what happens there. But uh, two very interesting races at Atlanta last year with this new configuration and super speedway package. So I'm looking forward to Sunday. I think it's going to open it up to about 20 to 25 different teams or drivers that could legitimately win the race. So that to me is exciting and we'll see how it all plays out. So um, one final segment to go. Appreciate you guys sticking around this far. Appreciate uh, all of our sponsors as well. Um, Third and final segment of the show will feature updated power rankings, um, a quick around the state, couple of tracks that were in action that I want to talk about. And then NASCAR fantasy advice and fantasy recap from our Racing with Ryan podcast, Fantasy League. Um, We'll let you know who did well over at uh, Phoenix. So stay tuned 
for all of that. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, I want to take a quick moment here and thank some of our great sponsors with the Racing with Ryan podcast, including one of our first, American Auto. They are located at 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna Beach. You can get a hold of them at 386-428-1941 for tires and service. They've got you covered 100% of the time for fast, dependable service. You can always count on American Auto. We also thank 124 Welding and Fabrication with Ron D'Alessandro and his company for coming on board and supporting the show here. Uh, Make sure you check out their Etsy store. Uh, Go to Etsy.com and search 124 Welding and Fab. That'll come right up. You can see some of the great items that Ron has for sale. And of course, you can reach out to them if you want uh, some custom work done. They do all kinds of stuff, welding and fabrication, obviously, but uh, great decorations and metalworking available for sale as well at 124 Welding and Fabrication. Check out the Etsy store. We also thank our good friends at Schultz Engineered Products and Schultz Racing Fuel Cells, one of our major sponsors here on the show. Um, They do, I, I mean, just high quality work. If you want the best in safety, you get the best with Schultz. Um... They have been hiring if you're looking for a good place to work. I know a number of people now working over there. Um, get with get with Rob at uh, 732-922-4334 and uh, see what they're looking for. See what's available. If you like a great work environment and uh, get to work with some really cool things. If you like racing and um, you like hands-on work, this is definitely the place for you. And of course, make sure you get your Schultz Racing Fuel Cells That way, in the case of an emergency, you know you're protected by the best. But check them out on the web, Schultz Racing Fuel Cells and Schultz Products. Also, we welcome our good friends at DeBerry Paint and Body for coming on board, one of our new major sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Once you get your service done at American Auto, you know if you're involved in an incident, you need some body work done, make sure you take it to DeBerry Paint and Body. That's the only place I trust with my vehicle, so make sure you take them there. You can call them at 386-320-0267. They are located at 400 Chairman Court, Suite 200, in DeBerry, Florida, 32713. And they are open uh, Monday through Friday, 9 to 6, and Saturdays before race day from 10 to 1. So make sure you get with them if you need any body work. Hey, if your car's looking a little dull in the Florida sun, they got you covered as well. That is DeBerry Paint and Body. We thank them for coming on board. And we welcome a brand new sponsor for tax season here at the Racing with Ryan podcast. Got to make sure you get those taxes done. And you want to make sure it's done by somebody who's going to do you right. We welcome SRQ Taxes. That is, of course, our good friend Steve Darling. Uh, they are a family-owned tax practice with offices located in Sarasota, Florida, but they can assist with taxes anywhere via their secure portal. Uh, You can give them a call at 941-840-1099, 941-840-1099, or for more information, you can visit srqtaxes.com. And again, if uh, somebody's going to be handling my money, I want to make sure it's, it's somebody that I know and trust, and I know that Steve will take good care of you. So SRQ Taxes, thank you for coming on board. And uh, being the official tax partner of the Racing with Ryan podcast. And hey, with all these sponsorships, yeah, we're going to need some taxes too. Uh, We also thank our good buddy Andy Morrison with Never Give Up Racing. A huge supporter of Florida Short Track Racing. 
He has some great picture frames that are available. Uh, he gave some of those out during the banquet back a couple of weeks ago, and he sent me some information on the Never Give Up Racing light-up picture frames. If you would like to get one, you can call Andy or text Andy at 407-675-1769. They are $35 a piece. They'll make a great addition to any man cave or even living room. So make sure you check those out. I know he's got hats and t-shirts available all the time as well, and he will be doing a lot to support, uh, especially Bomber A and B Racing at New Smyrna, but Short Shark Racing as a whole this coming season. Again, if you'd like to come on board, there's always opportunity, just $5 an episode. You name what you want to do, and we'll get it on the show. And we appreciate everybody for their support, past or present. And now, we'll let you get back to the show. All right, welcome back to the third and final segment of the show. If you made it this far, I appreciate you. If you listen to this third and final segment, you are a true Racing with Ryan super fan. So, Let's do something we haven't done in a little while. Let's go around the state. And let's start with our um, trip over to the Showtime Speedway. And um, it would help if I had the right week pulled up. So I apologize here. Uh, Let me get over to the right event. They had their season opener. And I guess they started their points. They've had a bunch of events so far this year. But um, let's take a look at their season opener results. Uh, Pretty good turnout, honestly, when I was looking through this. Um, now, they ran super light models, but they do a 35... Like, they do a heat race and a 35-lap feature, kind of like old-school late model days. And I don't think... I, I think they'll be fine with it. You know, they're, they'll have their handful of cars, but this format, I don't think it's going to draw many cars just given um, the expense of these cars and that most of them go for the big money events. But... Um, pretty good race between Brad Bowman and Jeff Schofield. Unfortunately, um, I believe it was Richie Anderson who shut down in front of the leaders and kind of cost Brad Bowman here. So Jeff Schofield picked up the super late model win over there ahead of Brad Bowman. Brighton Horner was second. Kip McVeigh fourth. Richie Anderson and Justin Larson rounding out the field. Jeff Schofield also won the heat, so perfect day there for Jeff. Uh, street stocks in action. Sammy Coghill took up the feature victory there, so he's off to a pretty hot start this year. He might be a driver that, uh, if he continues, might be in consideration for the power rankings. So, spoiler alert, he didn't make it this week. Uh, Casey Hall was second. Dodge Carlbert third. Eli Thompson, fourth. Gregory Dickin, fifth. Dennis Cantrera, Mike Weldr- uh, Wedlick, uh, Kyle Courtney, Larry Welter, and Donovan Klaus, the top ten. Uh, Street Stock Heat winners, Dodge Carlbert and Dennis Cantrera. Ford Oval, A-Division. Went to Shane Grigsby. These are the, the crown Vicks. Uh, Dennis Wilson, second. Marty Neekins, third. Nick Marshall, fourth. Mike Coleman, fifth. Talon Craft in sixth. Chad Cushing, J.R. Meyer, James Grigsby, and James Volzniak rounding out the top ten. Ford figure eight, A division. Mike Weldick, the winner over Shane Grigsby. And J.R. Meyer, third. Robert Stoffel and Rob Lidwell, the top five in that division. And I apologize. I don't know too much of went down too much of what went down in these events. So just quickly going around the state and through the results here, getting the credit where credits due. Super mini late model feature win. Good field, man. Eleven of these things over there at Showtime. That's that's not too bad. Uh, Garrett Larson, the winner over Ronnie Larson, Jay Zolziak third, Austin Ramsey fourth, Mark Thomas the top five, Mackie Mangold sixth, Jeff Firestone seventh, 
Randy Lister in eighth. Ninth was Dean Buttram and Logan Buttram, rounding out the top ten there. Heat race winners, Jay Zolziak and Ronnie Larson. Um, they ran, I believe, yes, these, it says Asphalt Small Block Modified, so I'm assuming that's their A-mods. And Tommy Schrader was the winner over John, uh, Jacob Wallace the third, Eric Rudd third, fourth was Wally Smith. Those are the only drivers that finished. Uh, Jim Braley, David Williams, and Tom Zimmer with the DNS. Jimmy Castleberry, Doug Miller, and Carl Jones were all disqualified. Um, an issue with tires is what I learned on those DQs. So uh, I don't know if it was tires soaking or just not the right tires or whatever it was, but tires were the reason for the plethora of DQs in that division. The heat races went to Doug, uh, the heat one and only heat race win went to Doug Miller. So not a bad night there for Showtime Speedway. Over to the Auburndale Speedway now. As, let's see, they ran a couple of 50 lappers, Pro Truck 50 and Sportsman 50, and they had good turnouts as well. So let's quickly go over the results here. Chase King, the feature winner in the Q Auto and Injury Attorney Pro Trucks. Chase King, the winner over Carter Brown. So those two, that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, Becca Monopoly, third. Daniel McLean, fourth. And Brennan Pletcher, who dominated at Speed Weeks, only able to muster up a fifth here. George Gorham, the third, uh, beat his son, George Gorham Jr., sixth and seventh. Cody McDuffie, surprised here. Uh, he finished eighth. I would expect him to be up more up towards the front. So that tells you it was a pretty wild event. Unfortunately, Speedway video... Not there this week as he was back at his home track at um, at New Smyrna. So didn't get to watch all of this. But from what uh, Steve said on Hot Mike, um, it was a good show and a lot of fun, even though he missed out on, on the second half with the family emergency. But all is good there. So glad to learn that. And, and same goes to, to Matt. They had a good show over there at uh, Showtime. Um, so there's your top 10. Unfortunately, Jack Hall, who we've talked to on the show, he got to race this week but got involved in a crash. So as if things, you know, couldn't get more interesting for Jack. Hopefully he has better luck over at New Smyrna this week. Um, Carter Brown, the fast qualifier. Sportsman, what a great turnout. 19 sportsmen in attendance for this 50-lapper, which, of course, was won by the home track man himself, Brandon Morris. Dominates his home turf, defends his home turf over Tim Sozio, who continues to impress. Kevin Macy, a great run for him in third. Uh, Brandon Strevels fourth, and James Seawright. How about this? A nice top five run for James. And um, I want to point out the starting positions here. Brandon Morris, the winner, started 14th. Tim Sozio, second, started 18th. Kevin Macy, 11th. Strevels started 19th. James Seawright started fifth. So why did those guys start so far down? Um, it's almost like the, yeah, almost like a full field invert. So pretty cool stuff. Um, Chad Rutherford started 16th, finished 6th. So you tell me you can't pass at Auburndale. You can. It's just, it's a different style. It's a different style. Phil Jakes. How about Phil Jakes? Great run for Phil. Um, got the car out on track, started 7th, finished 7th, kept it all in one piece, and ahead of Adam Briggs. So I think, yeah, that is a job well done for Phil. Um, Adam Briggs in 8th, Matt McCrary in ninth, Sean Harper rounding out your top 10. Uh, good to see Andy Nichols back. The 66 car was back out. He finished in 15th. Um, Bobby Mobley out there with a sportsman. That's a bit of a surprise. So no real notables down there. The, the cars outside the top 10 are ones that you would assume would end up there. But yeah, man, cool to see Andy Nichols. I haven't seen the 66 on track in a long time. Uh, they ran A-Mod, so every track had their 
E-mod slash A-mod division out there. Roger Blevins was able to hold off Jeffrey White, who's kind of found a new home over at the uh, over at the Auburndale Speedway. Bray Ganey third, Cody McDuffie fourth, Bruce Packer rounding out the top five ahead of Jamie Donahoe, Ronnie Abney, Dylan Martin, Matt McCrary. Uh, nine cars out of the ten that showed up started. Bray Ganey, the heat race winner. On to the legends. Uh, a good handful of them there. Evan Bookmiller picked up the win over Daniel Alvarez, Tyler Frazier, Mike uh, Verna, and Brian uh, Soush. Looks like Sir Soush. Heat race win for the legends. Don't want to short any of the winners. Evan Bookmiller, so he doubled down. SRQ taxes mini stock. So what was formerly the division known as the Scramblers is now the mini stocks. I guess there were still Scramblers on Saturday. Roy Healy. Picked up the win over point leader Mike Engel, Bill Witherington in the third, Matt Miller fourth, Zachary Dees rounding out the top five. They were followed by Jared Sheffield, Joe Kleitz, TJ Cruz continuing to have a rough season, Toby Ganey in the 42, William Kearns the top 10. Uh, heat race wins went to Bill Witherington and TJ Cruz. Crown Vicks, another good field. I think they started, let's see, 17 cars. Very, very solid. Jimmy McLeod with a disqualification, so things got rough and tumbled. But Tyler Landis, the youngster, I believe he's 14, picked up the win over the man who beat him last time we were in attendance at the Auburndale Speedway, Jonathan Wallace. So glad to see Tyler pick up that win. Good kid, fast car, fun to watch. Uh, John Worthington finished third. George Gorham Jr. fourth. Sean Osteen fifth. Roger Sargent, Roger Blevins, Chance Sosserman, Wyatt Lowry and Alex Williams, your top 10 there. So good good field, uh, probably a very interesting race. Heat race winners, John Worthington and Tyler Landis. So Landis doubled down, perfect night for him. Bandoleros, only a handful of them in attendance, and Gerald White was your feature winner. So let's take a quick look at the updated power rankings, and we'll move into the fantasy segment of the show, and we'll sign on or sign off and get everybody on to the next part of their day. Um, so let's start, since we just got done with Around the State. Oh, by the way, uh, Freedom Factory ran a Tour of Destruction event Friday and Saturday night. Zach Curtis picked up the Enduro win on uh, at Freedom Factory Friday, then went to Citrus County and won the Enduro over there. Um, Jake Wilson let Steve know that uh, the place was packed. Old DeSoto about as packed as it's been in a long, long time. And then... From what I understand, a sold-out crowd over at Citrus County as well. So hopefully that bodes well for the future of regular short track racing over at Citrus County. So let's take a look at the Florida Power Rankings. Uh, a lot of movement, some new drivers on the list here this week. Of course, with New Smyrna being back in action, things are a little bit different. Um, so sitting in 12th now, moving down a couple of positions, Dodge Carlbert, um, Hasn't been running the Crown Vic. Ran the street stock at Showtime. Did okay. Uh, finished second, but it moves down the pylon to 12th. Um, into 11th, Tim Sozio going to jump his way up into 11th. The second place running at Auburndale. He's been very strong. Uh, teaming up with Daniel Webster and the RFD guys. Sozio, I think he'll continue to move up the charts, but he is finally on the board in 11th. Rounding out the top 10 is our Bomber A winner over at New Smarter this week, Dustin Higdon. Um, did fall victim of the breakout rule, came all the way back up through and won the race. And he is, he's kind of the man to beat in the bomber A division or a similar type cars. He, whether he goes and runs on dirt or runs at new Smyrna, 
Um, he is strong and sits in 10th. TJ DeCare with the crash falls to 9th. Doesn't fall out of the power rankings because he had a fast race car. Probably the best race car he's ever had at New Smyrna. Um, set fast time, was working his way up through the field and just didn't quite get there in time to, to challenge Brad May before the crash. So he falls to ninth, but still a lot of momentum and a lot to look forward to. And hopefully he can rebound going forward. Adam Briggs, just a mediocre night over at the Auburndale Speedway. That keeps him in eighth. Brad May with the 100-lap Perlite model win. He jumps up to seventh. So Brad makes his first appearance. Um, is seventh too high for Brad May? What do you think? I, I mean, he's going to win a lot of races. He'll be on this list a lot. Seventh too high? I don't know. Uh, just ahead of him is the 28 of Jared Irvin. Still riding strong with his dominating performance at Citrus County. Um, this is a driver where... I'm going to have to wait and see with him. He might not stay on this list for too much longer, but I couldn't move him up, couldn't move him down. Jeff Schofield, though, does move up into the top five with a super late model win over at Showtime Speedway. Um, strength of field over there is about the only thing keeping him uh, not higher on the list. Um, if he had won one of the, the races at uh, Auburndale last week, maybe he'd be up in the top three. But fifth for Schofield right now. Sean Bass moves down a spot to fourth. Um, but he's going to fall into that category of hasn't raced much, but we do have another mod mini six pack series race coming up. So good chance that he will remain on the board for a while. Brandon Morris jumping up to third, another big win over at Auburndale, um, beating a big field of cars. Um, didn't put him ahead of Daniel Webster just for the fact that Webster's, um, successes have come in both late models and sportsmen. So Brandon Morris up to third, a threat to move up maybe past Webster with the next uh, SRL race coming up. But Daniel Webster, as I alluded to, he hangs on to the second spot uh, with his great runs and, and great work on other race cars as well. I don't, I, I think that gets overlooked. Um, so Webster hangs on to second and Cody Stickler still hanging on to the top spot in the Florida power rankings. We'll see if anybody's got what it takes to unseat him there. So moving over, Quickly now to our NASCAR power rankings. I'm going to tell you it's the same 15 drivers as last week, but the orders have changed. And I want to make it clear, the power rankings do not take into effect um, penalties for something that was found pre-race. So, uh, you know, William Byron, Carl Larson, all those guys, they were legal during the race. So the power rankings take that into effect. Now, if they had been disqualified then I would take that into effect and move them down the power ranking. So these results, the, the penalties don't matter here. Um, hanging on to 15th, because of where we're heading next, a drafting track, super speedway package track, um, Ricky Stenhouse, winner of the Daytona 500, led laps in Atlanta last year before blowing a tire, excels at this style of racetrack. So for now, he clings on to the 15th spot. Dead ahead of him in 14th is Corey LaJoy, who is right now, as we sit, four races into the season, holding on to the final spot in the playoffs, going to a track. Now, remember, these power rankings take into effect to where we're racing this weekend. Going to Atlanta, a racing almost won. He was make, trying to make a move to the outside of Chase Elliott, Elliott through the block. LaJoy hit the wall, crashed, end of the story. Uh, but Corey LaJoy, very competitive last time we went to Atlanta. Maybe he can rekindle that magic. In 13th, Martin Truex. Man, Martin's got to get something going. It has been a slow start. He's 
up there, but he's not contending. So he's 13th and in danger of slipping out of the top 15 here in the NASCAR Power Rankings. In 12th, Denny Hamlin. Uh, another poor showing, poor judgment, um, not good racecraft for Denny Hamlin last week. Uh, cost him his team a lot of points on the track and then with his mouth. So Hamlin, 12th on the Power Rankings. Just ahead of him, the driver that he employs, 23 of Bubba Wallace. Again, um, okay, solid start in the playoffs right now. Needs to break through and get that win to lock himself in, but going to a track where he excels with his style of racing. He was up front last year in the first Atlanta race. Uh, Ryan Blaney was pushing him towards the end on the last lap, pushed him too hard, and, and he didn't get the finish that he needed. Um, but I think if Bubba can get the right breaks, he'll be a you know wild card esque driver to watch this weekend. Christopher Bell rounding out our top 10 right now. Um, Looking at the points where he is now this year, solidly qualified for the playoffs as we talk now uh, versus where he was last year, like outside the top 30. So Christopher Bell running at our top 10. A solid season is not contended for any wins, but I, I believe that that will change as we go forward. Ryan Blaney will be ninth going into um, this week in Atlanta and probably one of the drivers that a lot of people will look at as a, um, maybe a pre-race favorite or one of those guys who, in the theory should be up near the front of the field. Um, in eighth, Alex Bowman left Phoenix, the point leader, now sits uh, with the penalty, um, like 23rd in points. Again, the penalties don't affect the uh, the power rankings, but Alex Bowman, while he's been consistent, he has not shown the same race-winning speed that the 5 and 24 have. So he sits in eighth with, I'd say, a little bit of work to do. Daniel Suarez, one spot ahead of him. Continues to have a solid season. I don't think I moved Suarez or Bowman up or down or or uh, I didn't mix them around each other. Uh, Suarez continues to just be solid, um, but he's one of those guys that needs to continue to keep that up or he will easily slide down this list. Uh, Joey Logano is sixth. Not a good outing at Phoenix last week. He should probably be lower than this now that I think about it again, but I have him sixth on the list, taking into second at Daytona. Runs well at these drafting tracks, so I think he'll be solid. So we'll keep him sixth. Kyle Busch, running out the top five, didn't have a good run at Las Vegas. Battled to a, I believe, an eighth place finish at Phoenix. Was it eighth? Let me double check. It was eighth place finish for Kyle Busch, so that'll hold him in the top five. Ross Chastain got taken out by Denny Hamlin on that final lap, finished twenty fourth. So that's going to drop him from first in the power rankings but to fourth, and he's going to a track where he finished second in both races last year. So I expect Ross to be a contender. Remember, Ross crashed in the second Atlanta race, and then he wrecked Danny Hamlin and still finished second. So um, Ross slips down with his Phoenix performance, but should pick it up and have a good run at Atlanta. Kyle Larson is now third. Man, two weeks in a row, he should have, could have, would have won and let two slip away. Um, Dominated the race, led 201 laps last week. Definitely a driver. Um, who I think could easily win this weekend. Almost one Daytona is right up in the mix. Uh, so he's third on the list. Second is Kevin Harvick, who, man, what a cool story it would have been for him to get the win. But he is literally carrying Stuart Haas Racing right now. Has good cars, having good results, um, running very well for his final season. And, uh, you know, he's going to try to go out on top. And right now he's second on our power rankings. And first in the power rankings, the man who's won the last two races, yes, circumstances have played into his hand, but he's been fast, led 64 laps in Phoenix, dominated in Vegas to get the win. 
and then use uh, that late race caution to, to take it back from Kyle Larson. Um, you know, the, the penalty notwithstanding, but William Byron has been one of the fastest cars this year. Won in Atlanta last year in the first race. Um, don't know what happened to him. I can't remember what happened to him in the second race, but um, things are looking good for William Byron, hood louvers or not. And uh, he will be number one on our power rankings going into Atlanta. So there's your updated Florida and NASCAR power rankings. Let me know what you think. I love some feedback on this. It's a it's a tough exercise. Um, and every time I do it, I'm like, I, I try not to overthink it too much. And then, of course, when I get to the show and read everything, I'm like, man, I should have moved him here and should have done this. So I'd love to hear what, what you all think. Um, it's not an exact science. And I'm, you know, I'm sure I overlook things and screwed up. But hope you enjoy that uh, part of the show. So let's take a look here. Let's talk the... Uh, Racing with Ryan, NASCAR Fantasy Live, uh, a fantasy podcast deal here. Uh, last week, finally a little redemption for myself. I've gotten off to a tough start, but looking at the results from Phoenix Raceway, my team, RKS Racing, top of the board, 249 points scored, uh, leading by 25 over bomber number 93, which is John Gross. Uh, coming home third last week was King Penguin. King Penguin, man, up up and down season for King Penguin. Richie Petty Jr., fourth with 217 points. And then the point leader, Steve Darlin, with a decent run, uh, with 214th, fifth ahead of Big Timpin Motorsports. Of course, that's Timmy. Uh, ben Say was seventh. Pitt Penguin struggled. Our good friend Steven um, tied for eighth with Cushy Penguin. And then Staffordshire Motorsports rounding out the top 10. And hey, all, uh, all 15 participants participants made picks so glad to see everybody keeping up with it i know it's a long season but let me take a look at the overall standing so again i win from phoenix thank you thank you very much that's why uh, you should stick around for the last few minutes of the show here and listen to uh my fantasy advice for atlanta because you know it's not a crapshoot or anything um overall steve darling is still leading the points with 791 over pit penguin who has 765 i've moved up from the cellar to third now with a couple of strong weeks. So I'm 40 points behind Steve going into Atlanta. Ben Say sits fourth with 732 points. Rounding out the top five is Staffordshire Motorsports. And um, uh, Mr. Motorsports, you'll have to forgive me. I I am, you are hiding behind that screen name. I am not sure exactly who that is. We, we did kind of combine a league with, with Bob Say's league. So that might be one of, one of his buddies. Uh, appreciate you coming on board and uh, off to a good start with 729 points. Uh, rounding out the top fin- uh, blah, 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 top 10, Bob's Fords, Richie Petty Jr., HYR44 Racing, Big Tempin Motorsports, and Bomber 93. Still a long way to go. And, uh, you know, hey, if you forget to make a pick or, um, you know, you have a bad week, things can change in a heartbeat, but Steve is still leading the way. So here is my little bit of fantasy advice for Atlanta before we let you all go. Um, Atlanta's tough because it's, again, a super speedway track. Um, you might have a fast car. You can get wrecked out. It's, it'd be easy to have a four, five, six, seven, eight car wreck here or multiple three, four, five car wrecks throughout the day or multiple big ones or just blown tires or cars hitting the wall. So, um, I, I feel like the race will look way different on lap 100 than it does at the end. So this is hard, but going off the small data set that we have with Atlanta's reconfiguration last year and the kind of Daytona from this year to set the precedence moving forward. 
Um, the five drivers. Now, again, I, I got to reiterate, these are the five drivers that I think you should consider when setting your lineup. Um, obviously, you're going to have your own strategy and you got to be, you can't use Kyle Larson every single week. You can't use William Byron every single week. You'll run out. You can only use him 10 times before the playoffs. Uh, so be smart with it. Um, but consider these drivers. And if you do fantasy betting or fantasy elsewhere, and they have different rules, then these are just the drivers that I think you should consider, plus a wild card. Um, you know, maybe somebody you sit in your garage or you take a big swing at. So the first driver on the list has to be William Byron. Two wins on the season, defending winner of the spring race at Atlanta. Hard to overlook his prowess going forward. Um, another driver that you definitely should consider this week, Brad Keselowski. Worked so well with Chris Buescher. Um, at Daytona, I think he's got the better of the drafting cars than, than Chris does. So in, in the, the better experience and, and wins. So I give, uh, if you're picking a Roush Fenway car to go with Brad Kozlowski, um, and that should be, and, and he, Brad's run good this year. Didn't get the finish at Phoenix, but ran good. So would not surprise me to six, to see the six car in the mix. Uh, third car, Ross Chastain in the one. Um, I think I mentioned it earlier, but he finished second in both Atlanta races last year. The second one with a torn up race car won Talladega last year and has been pretty good this season. Solid. So definitely a driver that I would consider putting in my fantasy lineup this week, along with Ryan Blaney in car number 12. I think it's time for Ryan to get off the snide, get that win. Um, finally get the first win in the new car, the next gen car. It's been so close. I mean, so close and excels at the super speedway type tracks. So in the mix at the Atlanta uh, spring race last year before getting into it with Bubba Wallace uh, as they were trying to push too hard on the final laps. So Blaney's one of those guys that anytime Daytona Talladega rolls around, I want to put him in my lineup anyway. So add Atlanta to that mix. And then Bubba Wallace in the 23. Um, again, just mentioned it. Blaney was pushing him uh, up near the front for much of the Atlanta race last year and got wrecked, uh, got pushed up out of line and shuffled back on the last lap, and then wrecked coming to the start-finish line, and then unfortunately caught up in a wreck um, in the second race, so didn't get to show much, but first career win was at Talladega, second in the Daytona 500 with this style car last year. Um, didn't have the Daytona 500 he wanted this year, got wrecked, or put in the wall while leading, so I think Bubba will be up towards the front. It's a, maybe a riskier pick, but... Uh, if he can stay out of trouble, I think Bubba will be a good one to have in your lineup. And then the wild card, the Cinderella story from the fall Atlanta or the summer Atlanta race from last year. Uh, Corey LaJoy in the seven, almost won this race. Um, you know, leading late, Chase Elliott, who had the best car all day, um, obviously won't be in the field or else we'd have Chase Elliott on this list. But um, Corey LaJoy, just somebody I think that you know, if you're looking at that driver that you're never going to start in any other race, but you want to save a Kyle Larson, you want to save a William Byron, you don't trust Brad Keselowski or Bubba Wallace. So put Corey LaJoy in there. Put him in your garage. Take a chance on Corey LaJoy. I don't know. Put some money down on Corey LaJoy this weekend. They'll take the reins off the kid. And hell, if he wins the race, he'll qualify for the playoffs. So um, I think he will have the car capable of being up towards the front circumstance will definitely have to work out in his favor for him to win, but uh, could be a fun story to follow. So he is my wild card for this week. Those are my fantasy suggestions. If you listen to those suggestions last week, you would have beaten me uh, because there were some, some drivers that I suggested that I did not put up in my lineup. And if I had, 
I would have whooped y'all even more last week. Um, so we'll see what happens this week. I can't remember who I have starting this week because I definitely mixed it up. I always mix it up for the, for the plate tracks and take a risk. Um, so maybe you'll say to hell with fantasy advice and just, uh, I don't know, pick names out of a hat. That <laughs> might be the best strategy for these types of tracks. But Atlanta coming up this weekend should be a lot of fun. We'll see if I can get the win for the second week in a row with the Racing with Ryan podcast, Fantasy League. Appreciate you guys listening. Um, hopefully Mother Nature, I, I don't like the the forecast I'm seeing, but hopefully Mother Nature plays nice. It looks like it could be. It's, it's, here's what's going to happen. Um, everybody will call it early and then it won't rain or it's just going to be a complete washout. So um, I hope that's not the case. I hope you guys get to enjoy some racing somewhere. If not, Atlanta with a uh, three-series event. You got Trucks and Xfinity on Saturday and then Cup on Sunday. I, I'll be honest, I'll probably be watching these on tape delay. Got a big uh, family event going on this weekend um, that I will be attending. So uh, if New Smyrna races, if we do get the races in, I won't be there until much later. So if I don't see you, I'm not avoiding anybody. I've uh, got some family stuff, uh, a big family event to attend this weekend. Um, and then I'll interrupt that with some racing on Saturday and get back there Sunday. So I don't know that I have a lot of time to watch racing live, but I'll definitely be watching. I'll have these recorded and watch all the NASCAR stuff to talk about on next week's show and hoping to have some new Smyrna stuff to talk about as well and uh, around the state. So all of that coming up next week. Appreciate you guys tuning in. If you'd like to sponsor the show, it's $5 an episode. Uh, just get with me. We'll work that out. But you actually got to get with me to work that out. Um, or uh, I do accept PayPal. Um, that works too. And if you're interested in uh, co-hosting, um, if you want to be a permanent co-host, we can make that happen. If you want to do a show, if you just want to pop by sometime and record a show, by all means, uh, we do have a second microphone open. So appreciate everybody tuning in and listening. Definitely a lot of fun talking racing with you guys. I appreciate the continued support. Glad you all are enjoying this this show. I always enjoy uh, at the end of the night winding down, talking racing, and uh, putting it out there to the masses. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate you all, and uh, hopefully we get some racing in, and we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much. Take care. Goodbye. <laughs>